Hello everybody and welcome to the We Only Do One Take podcast. It's the only podcast in the world that is a complete shit show. I am Turch and with me via Skype is my co-host, the CEO, back from his sabbatical. The, greatest, <laughs> the actual CEO. The greatest <laughs> uh, detective slash sleuth in the world. It is Kieran. How are you, buddy? Oh, detective slash sleuth. Well, you know, we had a good time doing all that sort of stuff. Uh, on Saturday night, it was a it was a good night. Oh, that's right! It was a murder mystery Saturday night. <laughs> it was a murder mystery Saturday we night. We did a we did a virtual you, murder mystery. You people, almost for, it sounds like you almost forgot. <laughs> I was just like fucking. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about here. Uh, yeah. Um, yes, no, we did a we did a uh, a murder mystery. We certainly did. And I was certain I was going to guess the right person as the murderer. Yep. But I got it wrong. Yeah, who did you go with? I went with the Sky, the ah, the, yes. the political opponent. Yeah, same same here. I ended up going with that one as well, but that was not the right answer, sadly. No. Uh, but it was and our listeners, our listeners have been wondering where I have been. Tersh. Where have you been? So I've been very busy. The people, yeah. the people on Twitter know that uh, we've been missing some episodes, so we've sort of been catching up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. And I've released three episodes already, and they're probably going to wonder with this episode where Kath Larkin is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think um, so. Where have you been, Mister K? Oh, look, I have been doing very important CEO work. As uh, I have to thank Jess for stepping into the into the acting role. She was very good. Well done, well done, Jess. And she she got the Kieranesque. There was I think a lot that's of the word she used. <laughs> She got the Kieran-esque just about <laughs> right. Uh, so very, very proud of acting CEO My, my favourite bit was that after the episode, she goes, oh, was it a great episode? And it, you know, like it takes me a little bit to digest it. And, need to, when, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it was all right. It wasn't the, the best episode, but it was all right. And she's like, oh, you come out of those the room sometimes and say it's the best episode yet. And I'm like, yeah, I have to give Kieran some hope. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I thought she did she a very did, uh, good job acting CEO. Oh, sorry. I thought she did a very good job, and I, I just the theme just came across um, that how much she wants her wedding to be podcast. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was almost like she was being, you know, Freud. I don't want you to do this. Means I want you to do this. That's not how consent works, Kieran. I don't know what they teach you at your university. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or the other thing was, my God, she's really anxious about me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Second one, Zillophone. Next question. And Damien. Damien did a great acting acting CEO job. But I've only listened to 10 minutes of that episode, but he he has this really good line in there at the very beginning, and I totally forgot what it was. But it was also very (laughs) Kieran-esque. My favourite thing about uh, my episode with Damien is that he does the research... Right. <laughs> so I said to him, bring in a, a rant and bring in an article if you've got one. But if not, we're going to review. I'm going to bring in clips of this other this porn stars podcast, and we're going to re- review that. And he goes, "Oh, do you need me to listen to it?" And I go, "Look, you don't have to, but here it is if you want." And then on the show or before the show, when we're having a discussion, he's just like, "I listened to like three episodes of that show." <laughs> Oh, good man. And I'm like, oh, man, I, was, I only took clips from one. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have to... Because don't worry, I have a lot to say. So that took up a good chunk of the episode. So hopefully we hear from that porn star and her friend who do the show together. And maybe we can have them on as a guest. Oh, that'd be brilliant. But That'd be brilliant. The people but we're want meant to, to know we, what we, happened yes. to Kath Larkin. The, we were the, meant to have, have a, a socialist come onto this podcast uh, very proud of my work. I teed it up. Uh, you know, the, I'm not sure if you know how much work is involved, Turch, in trying to tee up a guest. I've never teed up any of the guests that have come on our show. You know, you've got to you've got to have a lot of back and forth chit chat. Yeah. You know, you got to build the rapport and the relationship. Uh, you got to schedule a time. Uh, you know, you got to make sure that not only do you want them to come on, but you're providing value to them. Yeah, because it's a two-way street, you yeah, know. Yeah. It's it's about providing value to one another. I'm not sure if you know this, Turch. I don't know anything about of, value. 
It's a lot of it's a lot of uh, <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot um, of work. I understand. Yeah, that's right. And so I had I had been doing that, um, and uh, I got a message. Yeah, a message. So how did you like? Because you initially said to us that she was coming on. How did you persuade her in the first instance that this is a good idea for both parties? Well, in the first instance, I said, uh, you know, oh, I, I said, hey, Kath, blah 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 blah, run this podcast. Uh, I know you're very, you know, you're very out there, you know, would love to learn more about socialism. By the way, if you want to know how you're going to be treated, listen to episode 86, which is diaper time with uh, Tyler from the Adult (laughs) Baby Diaper League. We've had nothing but positive feedback from people uh, from our interview style. Yeah. You know, very fair. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And there was a response there saying, sure, I'll check your stuff out. About three weeks goes by-ish. Yeah. I follow up. Hey, just wondering, you know, you're now running for Lord Mayor of Melbourne or Lord Mayor or whatever it's called. Yep. Um, I I also said, enjoyed watching you talk to the individuals from the housing flats while they were in lockdown. Oh, you've done some additional research. So I actually watched, you know. I thought oh, I can't just can't just invite you on. I need to know some more, yeah. Uh, you know, some more what things. You doing research? The stuff that I usually do for shows. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure if you know this. Like I said, there's a bit of back and forth there's a here. Bit of back and forth. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we got a we got a cool looking forward to it. Mm. Yep. Date locked in. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I even said, you know what, see if you can find a funny article, come in, you know, yeah. we'll make sure it's fun, it's lighthearted. Uh, anyway, I got a response back a few days before we were meant to record yeah. this. Yeah. So I checked out your show a bit more. I knew it was inane. I think you just meant insane. I don't know. But it's really just trash. <laughs> Not even in an endearing way. <laughs> it's also totally right wing. You have to be pretty tone deaf to be praising cops in the midst of Black Lives Matter movement. And with two ratings, it looks like you've got a pretty small audience, so I'm not going to waste my time on that. (laughs) Can we go through it? Can we review her review of us? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So, can you read the first sentence again? And I haven't responded yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of something witty but nice, but anyway. Well, yeah, because you know. she calls us. She she, uh, she says inane, but let's go. Let's just say she meant insane. Mm-hmm. But what else did she say after that? I knew it was inane, but it's really just trash. Yeah, that's... not even in an endearing way. Okay, I think that's that's a lie. I think we are <laughs> endearing in many a way. We have funny stories sometimes. We have sometimes fun guests. And sometimes we have some funny news. And when we even have competitions. That's right, we know, do. We've done we've done everything on this show. I don't think we've skimped out on anything. If we're not I feel in- like this is our first official uh not death threat, but uh not uh, rant. Uh hate mail. Hate mail, there we go. We finally did it. It's only taken a <laughs> hundred and something episodes and we've finally got some hate mail, apart from karaoke <laughs> Big E, which turned into the glorious thing that it is today. <laughs> uh, okay, and then what did she say after that? To, uh, th- you it's, know, I think we are all... a little bit endearing. I think that's very harsh. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also totally right wing. <laughs> okay, so... The ABDL guy and the fairy we just had on were both, like, super gay <laughs> in niche communities. Mm-hmm. Um, super right-wing people don't talk to people like that or want to talk <laughs> to people like that. And people who, one, work for the government and two, work at a university cannot be, like, super right-wing, I think. I think, you know... <laughs> And, well, and, I was it, trying to think. I was trying to think about it because I'm like, I don't know, a- a- am I right wing? Well, and I, then I thought, and then I thought about it a bit more, and I thought, socialists are so far left mm. that anything that is slightly not left, yeah. 
is right. Yeah, exactly right. You're either it's it's like you know when you're in the North Pole. Yeah. Everywhere you look is is south. South. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It doesn't matter which direction. It's yeah. all south. Yeah. If you're right at the top of the, like yeah at the yeah. North, most northern point, everywhere is south. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what socialism is. Yeah. Everything's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I look. I'm proud to say I'm more right wing than a socialist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same. Maybe, but maybe I'll change my mind if. If she comes on and talks about it and persuades me across, I'm happy to come across. But I, I think we both sit probably, probably center, maybe center left more than anything. But I think the more thing is that we're more just li- libertarian than authoritarian. Well, I, I said it this way to a colleague. I said, I feel like federally I'm liberal, uh, state I'm labor. Yeah. And council, uh, maybe green labour, yeah. I don't really care, independent. Yeah. And so I might go, so basically you want to pay no tax and you want all the social services. Yeah. And I said, yes, yeah. that's exactly that's, what I want. That's libertarianism. <laughs> <laughs> we're very fine about that. And then what did she say after that bit there? So she, apparently we're 100% right wing. We're, we're worse than... Um, Alex Mitt Jones. Rom- yeah. Well, yeah. Even Alex Jones doesn't care about the gays. <laughs> Like, you know. Um, uh, okay, then it was, you have to be pretty tone deaf yeah. to be praising cops in the midst of the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, you know what? I, I remember you reading this to me, and I actually re-listened to that episode. Mm. And I don't think we really praise cops more than we just talked about their, uh, their necessary I, I... evil to our society mm. you know yes there are some bad things we didn't go all cops are good we did not say that we just said there's probably just as much good probably more good than bad that they cause in society i think that's what we were sort of alluding to in that in that discussion yeah yeah pretty much that uh and i think along the lines we sort of said something along the lines of the the cop that killed george floyd definitely deserves to go to jail i, I think that was it, one of it, the first things we talked about we were just like that's right Unless, like you know, yes, if if that if the court just deems it as murder or second degree murder, or whatever they've ended up classifying it, with all the evidence provided, they deserve jail time. If that's what the court, you know, we're like, yeah, the justice system will take care of handing out the the, the decision of a, if it's a murder or whatever, like you know, mm. the sentence, you know. Yeah, that's and right. then on top of that, I think the rest of the episode was just me shitting on the whole. They can't get their story straight about what <laughs> what a timeline of events are. Yeah, pretty much. And then, uh, yeah, so the, the, that was a lot of the story. And then there was also, um, uh, I got frustrated because they kept talking about things that were happening in America, but then yeah. trying to say that the same thing happens in Australia, which was like, hang on a second. I don't really care about what's happening in America because no. I live in Australia. Yeah. So I want to know it in an Australian context. And they didn't talk about that. At all, and really. then and then and then part of their policy, their policy is to defund the police, which I just totally don't get. No, well, I I morally disagree with defunding the police because the police police provide a valuable service to society. Like I said, it's a necessary evil. I, that's just saying, I, you know, it's a security service that we that uphold the law that the people and the government have set. Yeah, you know? and if you don't like the law change the government. Yeah. Which is what they're trying to do is, you know, fine. as, a, as then, a party. But that's the thing, like the only way you can enforce the law. So if you if you're a new government and you enforce a law, you need a squad of people to enforce that law on your behalf. And I've said this many times, like yeah, let's defund the police, but I'm willing to pay a very small percentage of my salary each year or each each pay into a bucket of funds that can train a bunch of people to uphold the law, and I think I can get a, every nearly everyone in the country to put a little bit of money into that bucket to pay a bunch of people to uphold the law on our behalf. Mm-hmm. You know, whether we call them police or not, <laughs> I think the thing's there. I think the so, idea is definitely there. But in the same sense, if they are the police, maybe reformation or a different way of running the show. Or a more clarity on how they run the show might be beneficial for the rest of society because it sounds like oh, and then I just, get just the bad and then things. I, 
and then I just get sick of I get sick of things like um, uh, you, you, you know they're, they're saying that the cops do all these bad things. A, it's never just there's never just a cause. It's multiple oh. things lead up, or multiple causes that, yeah, that yeah. lead to a problem, which have to be addressed. And no one can take it that step further and tell me, all right, well, this is what's wrong with the policy. This is what I would change with the yeah. policy. This is how I would recruit. This is how I would change the cha- training yeah. program. Well, this no, is. I think the big thing is with all that sort of stuff, they look at things at such a high level and they go, yeah, the issue is that we recruit the wrong people. I was like, okay, so do you know how they recruit police? Like, every single step. There's, like, a bunch of steps. Mm -hmm. I had a friend um, join the AFP. And it took him two to three years. They wanted him not only to have a degree in something, but experience outside, high level of fitness, and he had to do all these things just to be eligible to be a federal police officer. And I'm sure, like, you know, maybe not a higher standard, but just as pretty high standard for state police officers. But I would say there was definitely, you know, they're not going to let an 18-year-old that didn't pass their VCE with no formal education or anything like that or background experience with customer service and no fitness requirement into the police. I guarantee that's not happening. There's definitely some sort of regulation just to be eligible. And then there's a whole... I'm sure there's a whole bunch of tests to move on to the next stage. I don't think it's like, you know, in The Simpsons. Here's your gun, Marge. <laughs> <laughs> Climb over the wall and, you, you know... Sorry, I missed that. I was trying to do this magic eye thing, you know? So, anyway. So, that, 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 that's... Anyway, that's my view. So, we got told... Uh, so, we have to be pretty tone deaf. And then... And with two ratings... It looks like you've got a pretty small audience, so I'm not going to waste my time on that. Well, that just means that all the people listening need to go on either Facebook or iTunes or SoundCloud or uh, Spotify and give us a rating. That's all I can say. Yes, give us a rating, people. I didn't even give know us... we had. I didn't even know we had two ratings. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where the two ratings came from. We just, no, I was we like, just well, sort of get these out and let all the people that our regulars, our, our loyal fans. I was just going to say base, us. Our stats grew by 200%. I know. We're, do- we're doing great. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> we like to have fun around here, Jesus. Look, we're, we're always happy to talk to people. We might have beliefs, but you know what? If you're coming onto a show and you've got strong beliefs and you know how to argue them, or if you know, even know just how to talk about them in a way, we're probably going to be mildly persuaded because that's what we're here to do. We're here to, you know... Joe Rogan was very left wing and he's become more right as time has gone on. <laughs> uh, hey, no, I, I was I was looking forward to it because I was looking forward to to hearing another perspective, another another point of view, having some disagreements, having a laugh, and then, you know, eating maybe ordering another fifteen dollar milkshake. Yeah, exactly right. I don't know how she's like she's running for Lord Mayor at the moment. Lord Mayor. I don't know how she's going to be able to sit in a room with a bunch of people basically doing what we've requested, talking about issues with different points of view in the same room, without her getting very angry if this is her response. To I, I just don't know how she's going to win. Yeah, well... I just don't know. I just the the because businesses get to vote as well, and I think businesses in the city council get double votes or something. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Business, yeah. There's some. There's she's 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 wanting to change the rules and make sure that the workers there or something vote or something like that. Um, but I just don't know how she's going to win. So I, I want to know what the objective is because I just I I just can't. Oh, and then there was another thing I disagreed with. Um, there was a post. Where she said the you know the Lord Mayor gets paid about two hundred thousand dollars a year, yeah, uh, and she wants to bring that down to a working a working wage. And part of me goes, the reason that the Prime Minister gets five hundred thousand and MPs get two hundred thousand and the Lord Mayor gets two hundred thousand is because they have to cop a they're on all the time, oh. and b they have to cop a shit ton of abuse. It's like when, sh- it's like when people say CEOs make too much money. Like people are complaining that Jeff Bezos currently is making too much money, but I'm Jeff like, created Amazon. I'm like, he has <laughs> uh, one out of two packages is delivered from Amazon at 
you know, in the in the world. Mm. And he is the owner of that. <laughs> He's got millions <laughs> of people with billions of dollars worth of product moving around the world every single second. Um, mm-hmm. His decision not only affects the company, but how other companies like postal service companies and transport companies and um, electronics, every other company reacts with online shopping. Yeah. Do, do you know how much influence that has? Because he was the one that set up this foundation, this basis of doing business in the right now, the one of the best ways possible, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he d- probably deserves all the money that <laughs> he earns. Well, he cre- he created it. It's not like it's a... Uh, 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 it's like the in the Victorian Public Service. What is it? The directors, or no, the secretaries yeah. of each department yeah. are on about, I think it's about $500,000. Yeah, yeah, between like three and five, depending on, you know, how big your yeah. actor is. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, the MPs are actually paid less, members yeah. of parliament. But it's the members of parliament's head that's on the line. <laughs> Not well, the department secretary. Well, yeah, but there's a, there's a. But but I can tell you this much: the department secretary is brought in by their government friends, mm. right? So if Labor gets in, then Labor will put in. They rename well, the, all these departments the so they can get rid of. The deputy they can get rid of this. The deputy secretaries mm. are almost like the CEOs. Yeah. Of the place, and so, so if, and so, if, basically, if they go over budget, or if they go way over budget, or if they make a real big fuck up, they're the first actually to go before the ministers. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, that's the um, risk but it's that they all, play. But, but it's also a political appointment, oh, yeah. even though it's not. It yeah. is because the new government comes in, they're out of a job. Yeah, yeah. So very common. Anyway, I just well, look, look, I you know, I like her. To, if she could listen to this part of the episode, we're twenty minutes in, but we listen to this bit <laughs> of the episode. Uh, Kath would still like you to come on and talk. I think that occasionally that we're pretty reasonable and we can have a joke, but other than that. Uh, we wish you all the best for the Lord Mayorship. Is that a, I don't know. Is it the, the, you know whatever campaigning for Lord Mayor, running you know? for Lord Mayor. But if you need, but if you need someone to look at the numbers in the finances, uh, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hang on, Church. I'm not. I'm not sure if you know anything. I'm not sure if you know anything. But I've been reading this book, oh, and I think I know a little. I think I know a little bit more than you. <laughs> It's called The Essential of Finance for Entrepreneurs. Well, welcome to uh, Accounting why you, 101. <laughs> why would you need an accounting degree when you've got this book? It's pretty much the same, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, Kieran, uh, that was a good joint rant, I feel. Yeah, do you have a rant? I do have a rant. Okay. All right. So, two weeks ago, I went when lockdown was not a thing... I went out and one of the things that I needed to do was get my set of knives sharpened. See? Mm, my, your knives said to be. Don't you have a knife sharpener at home? No, I don't. Because mm. uh, so my knife parents sharp- gave us this set of knives. They bought a new set. They passed their mm. set on to us. But it's like a $1,000 set of knives. Right. Because you know? like my mum wants to they cook. Sound like, they Sorry? sound like good knives. They're fantastic well, knives. They're fantastic. I might have to try these knives next time I'm over. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll cook. Not. I'll cook you and Jess. I'll cook you and Jess, Uncle Kieran, spaghetti bolognese. Oh, perfect. That's what I like to hear. You're gonna beat the Turcherelli one. Jesus Christ! Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I never said I'm gonna beat. You're just eat gonna it. cook I just it said for I'm me. Make All right. <laughs> yeah, and I'll use your knife. I'll chop up some onion. Well. Uh, I thought, now, I better get these sharp because my mum and dad had them for, like, 10 years. They gave them to us because they bought a new set, like, you know, when we were moving into this place. So it saves us a bit of cash. But they were a little bit blunt, but still good enough. I thought, no, no, I'm going to get them sharpened. I took them down to the place. 40 bucks. I got all the knives sharpened. They're beautiful, freshly sharpened knives. Fantastic. Anyway, I was cutting through... uh, What was I cutting through? I was cutting Dweezil's um, dog loaf... For his... Hang on a second, hang on. Where did you get the knives sharpened? Oh, from a place down in Campbell, Campbellfield. So you take your knives to... Why didn't you just buy a knife sharpener? No, 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 because the guy... the the Because if you get your knives sharpened properly by a professional, you don't have to do yeah. it for like 10 years. Really? Yeah. 
Because I'm sharpening a knife every fucking week. No, 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 no. You don't need to sharpen. This is what I should be ranting about. I yeah. should be ranting about it, having to sharpen the knives every fucking week. Yeah, yeah. You go down. I mean, to... I've got quality, quality Kmart <laughs> knives. Or maybe, but you know what? For a Kmart knife, it cost me like eight dollars a knife to get sharpened. It's probably just easy to buy a new Kmart knife. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I got them all sharpened. They're all good. Brand right. spanking new. Was cutting up Dweezil's dog food like he's got the beautiful like um, kangaroo loaf, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I cut my nail. Right. And it breaks. I don't know if you shouldn't do that. Knives should cut. Um, you know, food knives should not cut yeah. fingers. But that's how sharp it was. It cut right mm. through the nail and cut a little bit just under the nail, like. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to rant about, the fr- uh, the fragility is- of one, fingernails, and two, underneath the fingernail itself. Because injuring your fingernail, or cutting, like, you know, when you cut your nail a little bit too short, or you, you oh. clip your nail off, yeah. and it comes off, yeah. and it's like a little bit too mm-hmm. short, it doesn't cover and up everything. And it's a bit painful. And it's pain- but it's not even painful, yeah. like, you know, you scab your knee you know, fall over, you scab your knee or whatever it is, or you scratch your arm and it's like, oh, it hurts for like, you know, 10 minutes. You wipe it down, maybe put a Band-Aid on it and you're ready to go. When you cut your finger and you nail like that too far, it hurts for like three days. It's like Mm. the worst pain ever. And I just don't understand why, like we as humans use our hands every single day for every single task. We develop these over hundreds of millions of years of evolution. Um, according to regular people, not flat earthers or anything like that. <laughs> but we develop yeah. these beautiful things, these beautiful instruments to do fine detail work. And we, you know, we learned how to, like, we learned how to write with them, we learned how to play instruments, we learned how to do a whole bunch of things, work with technology with them. Yet, just by cutting off a little bit of the fingernail, a little bit too much, you can cause yourself days of pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'm so... It's almost as bad as being scraped in the ball. It is. It is. Girls don't get that. <laughs> I was trying to explain no, to So, Jess. girls, just imagine, just imagine this fingernail pain, but ten times worse. Because the fingernail pain is there, but it's, it's not enough for it to be a way that you don't notice it. Yeah. It's enough there to... Con- but it's not so painful. No. But it's enough it's that it's le- on it's your radar all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was trying to explain to Jess what being kicked in the balls feels like. Oh, t- oh like even like t- like mm. sack tapped, you know. Mm. And it's like I go to it's like getting two fists and punching your kidneys. Mm. Yeah, because the pain's not in the ball. No, the pain's not in the balls at all. It's like in the two sides of the of the of the stomach and the kidneys. Yeah. And I, it's like, I don't know why the balls affect the kidneys in that way. Like, I understand. We need to get, we need to get a doctor on we, this podcast. Well, you are a doctor. <laughs> oh, a medical doctor. Not a fake doctor. <laughs> oh, I'm going to sample that clip and use it forever. <laughs> but like, you know, it's like getting punched in the kidneys by like two strong blokes who are using their preferred, uh, preferred arms on both sides of your body. It's so painful, but it just it's like getting punched again because then you try to move to the side when you got a punch when you got sack tapped or your balls hurt. Mm. And then suddenly it still hurts. It's like it get, feels like it gets punched a, a second time until it like the, slowly fades away. But you nearly feel like you're throwing up. Mm. You know? Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. So anyway, so you've you've had these you've got this fingernail pain. Uh, I'm okay how, now. How, I'm okay now. Okay, it's been good. three or four days. I'm I'm, I'm over mm. it now. It's the nail has grown we, over the over the 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 cuts. You don't need gone. to go to hospital. No, no, no. We're good. Do you need a care pack? What? How did Jess look after you? Why didn't you let me know as CEO? <laughs> we have a we have a compassionate policy here at the We Only Do One Take podcast. I know, and I did all this work and got all these episodes out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking. You're you're editing this show as well. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Well, Kieran, do you have a rant for us? No, I don't, but I've got some news stories. Oh, let's do it. Let's do the news. Oh, my God. Uh, by the way, if anyone wants a pumpkin, let me know. <laughs> oh, why did not you just roast, like, cut it up and roast it up? Or uh... 
Oh, church, I'm not going to do that. It's good. It's a whole pumpkin. What? you got three blokes there. Oh, we don't eat pumpkin. Oh. Put some, what is uh, wrong with you? Put some potato- Look, you got two Irishmen with you. Just put some potatoes with them. Put some potatoes with it and roast them up. You'll, they'll eat them. They won't even notice the difference. A whole pumpkin? No. No, please. Please. Pumpkin a lasts pumpkin. ages in the fridge. You'll be right. Oh, it hasn't even been in the fridge. It's... <sighs> it's... We got this pumpkin... And then lockdown happened, and then it never got to the person that it was meant to go, and it's just been sitting in the kitchen. And I've had enough of it. You could just, so, just roast it up, cut off the skin, put it in the oven, an hour, church. oil, no, 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 rosemary. No, 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 too much work. I've done pumpkin soup before. Do pumpkin soup. No, I like the, I like the peanut butter, peanut pumpkin yeah, or whatever good. they are. They're, they're much better for the soup. Um, we should really do a cooking show. We should really do a cooking show. <laughs> we should really do. We should really do a cooking show. Yeah. Uh, look, look. When lockdown's finished, I'll make you Uncle Kieran's uh, spaghetti bolognese. You know what? That can be our cook-off. Remember, Jess would do like a cake baking cook-off. Right. We, you can come over. You can use. The, we can use the knives as that. I'll make a bolognese. You make a bolognese. <laughs> And, so, and then we can get either Jess and we have like our friends over as well and they can all try the bolognese and tell us which one is best. All right, but 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 we either have to make it on the same day yeah. or the day before because I'm not letting you have your bolognese sit for 24 hours absorbing that extra no, no, flavour. No, no. You come over and we make yeah. it at the same time. Okay, good. That way everything's there. You bring all the ingredients. I buy my yeah. ingredients. We make it. We put it in the pots. Ready to it's like go. a chili cook-off. Yeah, like a chili cook-off, but a bolognese cook-off. Oh, all right. This, I'll this get one. a third party in. I'll get my mum to make some as well. When we'll <laughs> be like a third but party. But it has to be the people. The people have to be blind tested. It has to be blind tested. Well, I'll get them all drunk and we'll go for it. Yeah, and <laughs> and blindfolded. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I went to be blind. No, no, but because oh no, they can be drunk. That's fine. <laughs> Because I know that your mum's is probably going to visually look good. Yeah. And mine's probably not going to be... Mine's going to be a B plus, not an A plus plus. Yeah. But taste-wise, mine's going to be off the fucking chart. Oh, well, we'll see when... We'll see when you, uh, when you cook up your bolognese. What can I say? Anyway, Kieran, what's some news? You got some news for us? I do. You're an Android man. I am an Android man. Why do you like Android? Why are you not an iPhone man? Um, the customizability I needed back in the day um, for, for certain things, especially with music stuff, was a lot better mm-hmm. on the Android and ended up being a lot cheaper with a lot of plans. So I could get more data and stuff like that with just a very similar type of phone as an, as an mm-hmm. iPhone, but for like $20 a month cheaper. Okay, right. Yeah, <laughs> that was a very sensible answer. <laughs> yeah, I tuned out. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. You, you bored me and all the other listeners to death. Uh, iPhone is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, iPhone X found still working six days after Sailor dropped it in the sea. Amazing. Can your Android do that? Oh, probably not my one. But, you know, I, I'm not around the sea very often, especially in this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drop, just casually dropping my iPhone in the, uh, Android in the sea. This is good because I've got an iPhone. Yeah. Ten. You know X. what? Your phone, you would drop it in the sea. No, I would fucking drop it in the toilet. Yeah. That's and, my and, biggest And fear. it would stop working. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing you're no, I'm going to like... I know it's waterproof, so I take it into the shower. Oh yeah, and I uh, put it on a YouTube, like some like YouTube, and just put it on the the, yeah, yeah. the shelf thing. Bit of a sneak and then fuck well. tw- it's good. Yeah, twenty minutes go by, and you're like, "Fuck, better get out of the shower." <laughs> See, that's how you can listen to the We Only Do One Take podcast as well. <laughs> the shower. A sailor who dropped his iPhone into the ocean found it still working six days later. Ben who dropped his 1,000-pound iPhone when working as a deckhand on a museum ship called the Regal Lady. The smartphone sank 50 feet, approximately 15 metres, to the bottom of the harbour. Uh, oh, that's not as deep as guy- I thought. Yeah, well, he was at the harbour. The ocean's a bit of a, you know. Well, that's a, that's a, you said the sea, not, not the ocean. 
see, you know. Uh, they always have those clickbaity things. Mm. Um, he asked a friend to dive into the harbour in an attempt to receive the device. Eventually, uh, or, or his friend couldn't get it, but eventually the better course of action was to wait until low tide nearly a week later. He quickly found his iPhone X uh, caked in mud, but the smartphone was surprisingly still operational. There you go, people. It's amazing. We've solved it. iPhones are better than Androids. If you work at near the sea, <laughs> if that's the primary purpose, if you're buying a phone because you might drop it in the sea, I think you've got other other issues than the the usability of a telephone. <laughs> but you never know. You never know. Kieran, mm. you know what I really like? What do you really like, I like, Church? I like classical music. Do you know that? Uh, I Beethoven Symphony Number no. Three. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. You know, I don't know the names, but I like listening to classical music. I played classical music a lot as a kid when I was uh, playing classical guitar, and I learnt a fair bit about it. I love uh, Bach; is my boy. But one thing that happened in two thousand and like two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. One of the things that they did to help people go into auditions, they found that a lot of just white guys were playing in orchestras mm-hmm. and they're like no no we need to make this more fair and they what they thought was they thought the thinking was that if a, a man is on a panel with other men and sees another guy that looks exactly like him another white guy they're probably going to choose that person mm. that person's um you know musical ability over someone like a woman or a black person or a person of a different race uh, simply because they look like them rather than their actual ability. Mm-hmm. So they move, They said, we're going to be really progressive about this and we're going to move to a blind audition. Right. Like When was this? Back in... 2013, uh... 2014. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds good to me because at the end of the day, if you're going to get hired to play music... And, you know, it's about music. It's about music. And if, you know, at the end of the day, you know, as long as you've got, you know, you've got the qualifications, which is something that they're required, obviously, and then you can play super well and better than the other guy, even though you might have less experience or whatever it is, hell, you should get the job. Pretty simple. Black, white, gay, Asian, who cares? You know? And that's what yeah. they did. Now, what happened was, this is new article that, just, that came out recently. And it says, to make orchestras more diverse, end blind auditions. Hmm. And I'm like, hang on a second. Weren't we all progressive and moving towards a better world by doing bl- blind auditions? It made sense to me. So, Well, hiring in groups is the best way to get diversity. Yeah. H- hiring one singular, one, one-on-one, yeah. um, is not a good way. But if you hire in groups, you're likely to get more diversity. Mm. So I, I don't know about the music oh. thing, though. Well, here you go. Being, so during like being the, blind. Um, during the tumultuous summer, uh, tumultuous summer of 1969, two black musicians accused the New York Philharmonic of discrimination. Uh, the chalice and bassist said they were rejected for positions because they were black. Obviously, it uh, got a bit overruled later on by the Human Rights Commission. And then eventually, in the in the uh, that Philharmonic, their blind auditions became a part of the, um, you know, it became transformative there. And that was in the nineteen uh, in the nineteen seventies. You know, only six percent of the orchestra was uh, had women in the orchestra, and mm-hmm. today, on the other hand, make up a third of the Boston Symphony Orchestra and half of the New York Philharmonic are women. And it, so, blind auditions, yes, absolutely changed the way of American orchestras. So oh, very I'm, good. So I'm like, yeah, obviously it works. Like, you know, yeah, a violin player, man or woman, it doesn't matter. As long as they sound they're the best person for the job, they get the job, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. You know? But then this article saying saying, but it's not enough. American orchestras remain among the nation's least racially diverse institutions, especially in regards to black and Latino artists. In 2014, a study of only 1.8 of the plays in the top ensembles were black, and just 2.5% were Latino. So, so 
I'm like, okay. Could it could it be though? <laughs> could it be the opportunity that these individuals have? Because we know that there's systemic racism, yada yada yeah, yada, yeah. in America. The opportunity they have growing up playing a musical instrument. Well, I think. Okay. And the musical instruments provided at schools. Well, let's 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 go. Let's just take it back even one step further. One, if let's just say they did have that opportunity hmm. to be a violin player, black guy violin player, black woman violin player, whatever it is, and they become the best, they should have as they should have overwhelming. You know that overwhelmingly should be the person that they hire. I mean, yeah. you know, even with a blind audition. Mm. Yeah. But I think I was going to go down the exact same route that you are. Okay. Okay. Has the, the black community has no real connection to classical music. It's a very white Western thing. And even like, like the Asians are sort of taking it on board with the classical piano and stuff like that. But it's not really been something that black people or Latinos have really had any cultural identity. It's been more of a uh, Europe. Very European music. Yeah. Very, you know. And look, jazz is, you know, I would say predominantly has, for the percentage of black people in America, has an overwhelming dominance mm. in, in that sort of thing. And blues music as well. And that makes sense because that type of music was developed out of Africa and the Middle East and then moved over here with the bluesy, bluesy type of influences. And predominantly, you know, like hip-hop and R&B nowadays and rap music, predominantly um, black musicians because they've got that historical aspect to it. So could it just be that the fact that it it's not in... Uh, non-white people's history, classical music doesn't really exist in that regard compared to other styles of music that's stopping mm. people from being having these orchestras being racially diverse. Potentially. That sounds like a research question, too. Sounds Tuch. like a research question. You should do a PhD. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to account for that? <laughs> but it, it just seems like really, like, like this article, they're talking about it and this and that. And the more you read on about it, it's just like, yeah, you haven't even done that research. You haven't even said, yes, you know, they're just saying black people are not getting in because they can't pass the blind audition. It's like, well, if you, okay, if you can't pass the blind audition, then you don't deserve the job. Mm. And seeing a person's race shouldn't automatically give you the role. Like, that's almost pushing a quota amount. Yeah, it should just work because it works. It works because it works, you know. And, and there it, might be other other reasons. And it obviously works because they've seen other places have like a, a 30 to 50% ratio of women in their mm. orchestras. And it, again, there might be some sort of connection that women don't have with classical music in compared to other styles of music. And the push on, you know, and again, you've said something as well that, uh, well, classical music had this elitism about it as well, where sort of well-off people sort of talk about it more than anything else. I still think it has the elitism today. Oh, it absolutely does, you know. And I know people that have gone to jazz music schools, like performance music schools, where they teach jazz, rock and roll, blues, all that sort of thing. And the people that go to, like, formal you know still both university level like you've got a friend that did the jazz route and he's an amazing uh, jazz drummer and musician like that and i know guys that went to the you know the proper prim and proper you know universities and studied music there and they do classical music but a lot of people don't want to do that and it's that duality of it of of you know of how music is taught. You know. If you had to pick one though, where's the where's the money? Um, I would say within the performing. So not even in classical or or jazz or. Well, the jazz, yeah, the jazz. So the universities sort of, te- from my from my knowledge anyway, I didn't study music at a university level, but they sort of go, yeah, the classical world sort of teach you classical music probably up to like 1850 900 
9.20 maybe with some modern classical music and then it sort of stops and then the other side the other side of the coin there the the uh, modern music let's just go with that term it's a very broad term but start to teach maybe from that 1920 place but instead of going into the, like you know the avant-garde classical way or modern classical music uh you know they don't go edgar Varese or anything like that they go okay we're going to go down the route of the introduction of um the blues or we're going to go go down the road of rock and roll or funk or jazz and develop that sort of aspect you know into the modern music that we have today into modern rock and roll into heavy metal into but they sort of stop at a certain point as well i mean they don't really teach you know guns and roses at a, at a music school you know they don't teach iron maiden in a music school usually they stop at i am the walrus or strawberry fields forever with the beatles and i think i've said that before on this show i sort of stop it there <laughs> music history sort of stops at, at the beatles and then that's about it you know and I think that the type of person who wants to go to one school over another is obviously instrument dependent as well. I mean, there's a lot more guitarists and bassists and drummers out there who have really no use to be playing in an orchestra. Uh, I mean, even saxophone isn't an orchestral instrument. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. No, I did not know that. No, it's basically just violins or in that mm. family. It's a violin, viola, cello, double bass. Piano, obviously, but not all the time percussion trumpet french yeah. horn trombone and then i hear the french horn's really hard to play it's pretty tricky and then clarinet okay. uh oboe bass oboe <laughs> flute oboe and bass fl- clarinet and that's about it like the orchestra doesn't have any saxophone saxophone's not an orchestral instrument what about contemporary orchestra they could probably do it but not not as it's still not as common it's still very rare because it's never been considered it's always been associated with jazz music Mm. you know is jazz sort of like the i'm not sure if it this this is happens in the music world but is jazz sort of you're like oh we don't do jazz we do classical yeah it's sort of a bit of both so the classical world is very much you're a sellout if you've done jazz. Nah, it, it's interesting. Jazz, classical musicians... I've got feel, it. No, no, I've got feel it. Thing, feel things differently. Sydney is classical. <laughs> Melbourne is jazz. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. It's it's interesting when you talk about What I'm about saying classical. is Sydney people are uptight. <laughs> uh, Melbourne people are fun and laid back. Maybe. It's it's, uh, it's 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 interesting. I'll say the biggest def the the biggest thing between jazz musicians and classical musicians is reading. Uh, I found the biggest difference when they read odd time signatures or music in odd time signatures, because jazz musicians or modern musicians will try and feel the rhythm and count it out and do this and that. Like you know when you, you know when you listen to pop music or like you're clapping along and you go one two three. Four, and you sort of feel that internal groove inside your body. Mm. You know, classical musicians almost read, like, you know, they almost read the sheet music as if there's no... They're just playing the notes with the values that they have. Instead of having things blocked up into bars, they sort of just read Yeah, but that's why, they have, that's why they have the clicky thing, you know? The metronome. The thing... Yeah, that one. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. It's sort of... Like, the metronome, I think, is more felt with... the you know, the, keeping the consistent internal groove with modern musicians, whereas the classical world, because the conductor, the conductor can start speeding up and slowing things down automatically, or as as you play a part of the notes or part of a phrase. If I had to be anything, I'd play the triangle, <laughs> or I'd be the conductor, because I feel like the conductor doesn't really need to be there. The conductor absolutely needs to be there. Ah, oh, come on! They've got the sheet music in front of them. Yeah. And you just, it's blank when you don't play. And then the note comes up because you count four seconds or whatever. And then you play that note. The difference is. Uh, Why do that's they, like saying, other musicians, no, no, no. other musicians don't need a conductor. That's, no, that's like saying you're going to give all the actors a script. Uh-huh. And they just have to read the lines. The director tells them 
how to deliver yeah, those lines. But on the pr- night of the performance, the director's not there telling them what to oh, do. Yeah, they stand in front. They're conducting. The director. Or on set. Yeah. Absolutely. When I when you go when you go to performance, they should have rehearsed it enough that they don't need the conductor. Why well, is the conductor there? The conductor is still there because music is live in the sense yeah. that they're um that might change the way that they they're feeling the music on the night might change. And it's following the direction of what's needed for the crowd they're playing towards. Right. Okay. Okay. When you used to see my cover band Right? Yeah. Uh, we had a set list and I was the musical director. And uh-huh. sometimes I would play a song and I And what was get... I? Sorry? What was I? You were just in the crowd Drink- having a good time. The drinking director? Yeah, drinking director. Exactly right. Drink- okay. So I was no. like, you know, you're dancing, having a good time, singing along to a song. And we were going to go into the next song and yeah. I would turn to the band and go, no, the next song is not going to suit. Like we're, we've done all this rehearsal planning organization we're going yeah that's going to be the next song and we're playing and they go the next song is not going to be that because the crowd wants to continue this this type of feeling and we're going to yeah we're having it we're having a good time don't change don't change it exactly exactly Mm -hmm. and the band just goes yep okay but they need someone directing to tell them that they can't automatically all think the same thing at the same time got it but why do they have notes in front of them then to make them play the right notes. But they can't just change the notes. The song the song goes on for fucking 40 minutes. No, but how Or is you... it broken down into is it broken down into like subsections and the guy can change it? Nah, the notes the sheet music is there because it's 40 minutes. It's hard to remember 40 minutes of when to come in and counting and all this sort of stuff. Uh, but also it's the understanding like they might write themselves notes on top of the music and go the director likes, you know, two directors might come in. One might come and go, play this bit voraciously. And I want to hear, like, on the violins, I want to hear the really scratchy sort of sound. And they'll put some notes there over this phrase, talk with the other ones. And then a new director comes in and goes, no, 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 what we're going to do is here. I want to make this sweet. And then over time, become harsh and scratchy instead of instantly. And that subtle difference makes a huge difference to that aspect of the of the music that's being heard. Well, thank you for listening to the We Only Do One Take <laughs> podcast music edition, Turch. Mm. Yes, thank you for that history lesson. Ah, it's, on... I can talk about this sort of stuff all the time. <laughs> I know. I feel like we've lost all our listeners. Probably. If you're still with us, great, because do I have a story for you? Turch, you like drive throughs don't you? They're very convenient. Mm-hmm. Would you like a side of glitter with that burger? Thanks to no. COVID nineteen, <laughs> Houston is, uh, which is home to Texas' first drive-through strip club. If, if you're a fan of exotic dances and eating in your car, then <laughs> Vivid Gentlemen's Club is probably your kind of pandemic paradise. The struggling Houston-based strip club now has drive-through. You could do drive-through sex dolls. Anyway. <laughs> yep, it's begging. Only there's dancing involved. Black metal barcades separate the dancers from the cars and dollar bills litter the asphalt between the white siding of the tent walls. The purplish blue light casts a familiar to club goers ambience over the scene. But obvious reminders of the pandemic remain. Some of the performers are in face masks. This might seem like a gimmick, but it's serious business. Ever since Governor Abbott issued an executive order directing all bars and restaurants to shut down, way back in March, hundreds of thousands of bartenders, servers and entertainers have been out of work. But, nevertheless, they have created a drive-through strip club. So they're serving food. What type of food are they serving? Burgers. (laughs) So you're going to have to have a designated driver. Uh, yeah, you know, so you and you drive up, through. You wind up. So how long is this drive through? Uh, uh, look, I don't think very long. Because I, I think of the drive through at McDonald's, and it's not like the longest. Like you know, you'd probably have to keep moving. You couldn't just sit your car there. Think of like a big parking lot, and they've just got lots of like those marquees, oh, nice. and you sort of go 
through like a circuit oh, okay. and you drive past like Shaniqua in the first marquee. <laughs> I can dig that. That sounds, I, mean, I don't want you to organize a drive through strip show for my Bucks party. You've got it. If that's what you want, you've got it, my man. I actually want to, you know, that can be the end of the night, but I don't want anyone to have to drive. All right, we'll just get a conveyor belt. <laughs> for us or for them? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to the airport. Jess, if you're listening, Turch is in safe hands. Ah, good. You have nothing to worry about, Jess. Nothing to worry about. Well, Kieran, do you know who I do feel sorry for? Uh, Lots of people. Robert De Niro. (laughs) Robert De Niro? What is he? Oh, he's, he's such a sad man. He's really struggling. He's really struggling with this coronavirus. And apparently... His lawyer has come out. Mm. His lawyer has said he, Robert De Niro will be lucky if he makes $7.5 million this year. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I feel so sad for Robert De Niro! Why is his lawyer saying that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, he's had to have um, his credit... His credit card limit limited from fifty thousand American uh, down from uh, fifty thousand American down from a hundred thousand dollars American per month. He's Robert fucking De Niro. He should have a shit ton of money. Well, yeah, that's what I'm not. I you know, you'd think after the Casino and Goodfellas and the Irishman he just did, and he was in he was in Godfather as well, Raging Bull. And um, meet the fuckers. You think that mm. like the royalties alone from all these streaming services that everyone's watching more of? It's not like he was going to release another film, was he? Look, if you were averaging seven and a half million a year, yeah, would you be spending like six million just because you can? I don't think I would. I think that there would be a stage in my own spending. That I'd go, that, that's, because at the end, like, what do you buy? You buy yourself a house, okay, maybe a second house, maybe a couple of investment properties, but you're probably making money off those now because you're going to pay them all off. There's no point of having debt on them. Mm. So suddenly you're making money, but you can't just keep buying more and more property. You, and what else do you buy? A car a year? Okay. How many, you know, even if you buy a Ferrari a year, it's a million bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it like thinking about it, yeah, I'm happy that he's earned it from his acting, right? But in the same sense, like I would I think you would get to a stage where you'd go, Oh, I'm probably struggling to spend seven million like you know, even a hundred thousand dollars a month. Like I think about my expenses and I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, your first month will be a blowout, right? I'm gonna mm-hmm. buy a, t- a couple of bottles of top shelf booze. I'm going to buy myself but, a new laptop, church. A car, maybe a new guitar. But how many more my, guitars do I need? But my book says you can depreciate them every month. Yeah. I well, believe that's called a curial accounting. Yeah, there we go. But that's... you can't depreciate it if it's not an asset that you're making money off. So if you buy mm. a new laptop, just for the sake mm-hmm. of you want a new laptop, you can't depreciate mm-hmm. it. Why not? Well, it's got to be a business expense. It's a personal. What expense. if it is a business expense? Well, then you can you can depreciate it. Okay. You know, but if you just like you know, here and you want to buy a new car, but your new car mm-hmm. all you do is travel around, you know, and go visit, you know, just like you know, you buy a Ferrari, unless mm-hmm. you're driving your Ferrari for business, but you can't claim commuting to work. It's got to be for your business. Right. Right. You can't claim your car. You can't depreciate it and claim a loss on your car. But it's going to be for business. I see. I see. Okay. And I can't. I can't imagine even his lawyers or accountants are going. De Niro, mate. I know that you bought a new Ferrari, but it's not a. You know, you don't need it to act. <laughs> <laughs> you know, acting lessons he could claim. That's fine. Um, clothing, maybe for for an, a role or. 
you know. But you can't claim any investment that he does in a movie. Right, so we're sorry for Robert De Niro for not making seven and a half million dollars. But imagine though coming out and saying that, like everyone's losing their jobs and can't yeah, pay not, rent. Yeah, not, not, not a good time. No, not, no, a good not, time. A, not at all. Like, you know... Uh, yeah, he, he's saying, I couldn't even retire because he, he couldn't. He can't retire because of his... Uh, his Why is his lawyer saying this? Uh, I guess maybe it's like his lawyer law firm that has a finance attached to it and this and that. Right. Yeah. Oh, he, he did have to close two uh, businesses... Two restaurants that he owns in this in this COVID time. Yeah, but everyone who owns a fucking business has to close the restaurant. But that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, like, oh no, Robert De Niro is only going to make seven and a half million dollars. He's lucky that he's got all this other extra cash um, and assets. He's had to sell, uh, lose two businesses. That's fine. But that's not even his primary. That's like you know. That's just fun. That's just fun for him. That's just, I've got a restaurant, let's go to my restaurant. Yeah, exactly right. I'll, I'll take this Hollywood producer. Come on, boys, we're going to go down there. Everyone, you know, it's like the mafia down there for him. Yeah. I, I don't feel sorry for Robert De Niro. <laughs> As he, he doesn't have a Kickstarter, does he? If, if if he does, I hope no one, you know, that, I hope no one gives him money, you know? Right. You know, he doesn't like Trump. <laughs> He's still going to mm. fist fight Trump, apparently. Well, I'm not sure whether Trump's going to win. No, oh, well, Kanye West is there now. Oh. And, uh, but yeah. I was certain Trump was going to win again. I still think, but I'm not... he's, I think that he's still clear this for this one. Oh, I've got, I've got to, I've got to, I haven't, I've got to read more. I'll have more of an opinion next podcast. Uh, uh, the only thing I can say is simply because I don't think Joe Biden has had the optics. <laughs> As he's just been so invisible no, but, during this whole thing. But it could be it could be a postal vote. Yeah, and that, a postal vote changes everything because it's not they're not voting on a Tuesday when people at work can't get time off to vote. Mm. Yeah. I think that's that's where I can't I can't figure it out. If it's a postal vote, it changes the whole thing. Well, postal vote, you can rig it more. So, anyway, Church. Anyway, Kieran, I think that's enough you, for tonight. <laughs> well, just quickly, just yeah. want to end on this one. You like, uh, like me, you're terrible at spelling. Yes. Uh, and in fact, Noel found out the other day that I was dyslexic. Yeah. Right, and <laughs> I kid you not, he was like, "Really? Are you dyslexic?" I'm like, "Yeah." He had this moment of, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry for making fun of you. I just thought you were a bad speller." Well, you are. That's beside the point. I, I, <laughs> Yeah, I know. He just said this moment of like, I'm an arsehole. I'm like, yes, yes, you are. Uh, a man faked death to avoid jail, but a typo gave him away. Oh, how did that happen? <laughs> a US criminal defendant tried faking his death to avoid a jail sentence, but the phony death certificate his lawyer submitted had a glaring spelling error that made it a dead giveaway. <laughs> For fraud, prosecutors said. Uh, Robert now faces 25 years in prison uh, in addition to the pending sentences for early guilty pleads. Uh, it's amazing uh, what he did, but what did he spell wrong, Turch? Uh, he's, he wrote name, but he wrote gnome or name with M-A-N-E, like Maine. No. Nope. Uh, manner of death, suicide. Cause of death? Suffocation. How do you spell suffocation, Turch? Uh, uh, I don't know. S S O. I don't know. You're wrong. It's S U. S U. Anyway, spelled suffocation wrong. C A. I don't know. I can't do spelling in my head. I was watching that documentary about those kids that like do the spelling bees. Yeah. And they can just spell things in their head. I can't do yeah, that. I, can't I need do- to see it written down. Mm. Yeah, I can't do that either. Yeah. I need to see spell check. Yeah. Well, but I'm out of articles. F5, F5. Oh, I've got a very, very, very quick one. Over the course of one year, 
a guy managed to film seven episodes of a soap opera at Ikea without getting caught. <laughs> As someone who's worked in marketing for some time, whenever I see an ad for something, I tend to open it. And um, one of my all favorite... Back in 2009, Dave and Paul came up with the content for a spoof soap opera, but this was no ordinary melodrama parody. They decided to shoot it entirely at Ikea, and they didn't tell Ikea, and Ikea never really noticed until it aired. Now... Uh, so they ended up recording seven episodes of this show. They're all available on YouTube uh, for the web series called Channel 101. And it's currently got 7.9 stars on IMDb. And apparently it's brilliant. And they're all about five or six minute episodes. What's it uh, called? Uh, I'll send you a link. Oh my God, because I want to watch this. It's called Ikea Heights. Yeah. Oh. oh my God. Well done on them. Oh, it, I just thought to myself, how great's that? Like that, and then Ikea apparently were just like, yeah, that's that's fine. You can absolutely like, you know, it's funny. We're having a good time with it. Ikea Heights. Yeah. Done. Uh, episode one. Yeah, this is Channel One Hundred One. It's so good. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my agenda to watch while I'm working tomorrow. There's a couple of episodes there. Oh, Kieran, I think I'm all out of articles as well. I'm done. I'm done for the night. <laughs> yeah, I'm done too. Excellent. And for all your wanking needs, make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you'd like to send us some hate mail, a death threat, or a rant, and or give us a review. We want to get more reviews. Have your friends review us, even though they haven't listened to us, and just give us five stars, but shit all over us in the review. Sounds great. That sounds good. And rec- or rec- uh, give us a review and rec- uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that sort of fun stuff. And if you'd like to send us some hate mail, death threat, or a rant, record it on your phone and email us at we only do one take podcast at gmail.com. Kieran, thank you so much for another exciting episode and for editing this show. You're welcome. Can you send it to me? Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And we will see you next Thursday. <laughs>